Hi, it's Mark Aflalo on behalf of Mitchell Whitfield and myself. Thank you so much for taking a listen to this podcast. Do us a little favor if you would. If you love the show, give us a five-star review and don't forget to follow us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. We appreciate it and we love doing the show for you guys. Without further ado, here's today's episode. Now, back to your tech report. We are back on your tech report. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, I am Mark Flalo in Montreal, as always, joined by Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. If you guys want to follow along at home, there's so many ways, Mitchell, for you to do that. You can Tell head people, over to YouTube, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Facebook. Yes. If there's a social media platform that exists, then we tend to be on it. So this I encourage you to find us there. So you know what's cool about the next interview we're doing, Mark? Go ahead, ask me. Ask me what's cool about this Mitchell, next interview. Uh, what's cool about this next interview that we're about to have? Oh, so nice of you to ask me. What make you ask me that? Uh, so we cover a lot of technology. People that listen to the show, watch us, you know, follow us on YouTube or the Instagrams or anything, all the social media. You know, we cover all the traditional technology. But sometimes uh, there are products that come along that catch our eye and that just get us excited because it's not the typical product that we normally cover and it's something we want to share with our audience all over the world. So the way this started, Mark, my son's high school, you know, he's graduating high school this year. The seniors, I know it's gone by fast. The seniors do something called Water Assassin. (laughs) Now, Water Assassin is, have you heard of this? I haven't heard of it, but I'm just imagining things. The the things that come to your head sometimes. I know. When when people, you know, put out phrases like that, I could just, yeah, imagine. Well, you'll you'll figure, and it's going to lead into, and I know our our guest is waiting there patiently, and I I promise, Sebastian, it's going to make sense in a second. Okay, there you go. So, uh, they have this thing called Water Assassin. They break into teams of five high school seniors and basically they give you a team that you one person on that team that each person has to assassinate with a water gun now there are rules you can only do it for certain hours during the day but you can follow people in your car as soon as they get out of the car you can blast them so my son is doing this he's having a great time doing this and he comes to me at night and says you know dad i saw this i saw this incredible water gun online man if i had one of these things we could win this thing really i'm like what are you talking about he showed this to me uh the company is spira the water gun is the most incredible piece of technology I've seen, especially for something as fun as water guns. So the second I saw this, I said, we have to get their founder and CEO, Sebastian Walter, on the phone to talk about Spire, to talk about what they make. Sebastian, I mean, first of all, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you coming on the show. You're all the way in Munich. So we really have a complete world, global show today. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for being here. So what I want to know is, how did this product come to you? Was it a group of friends coming together? Was it you saying, you know what? I love I love water guns. I thought of a really cool way to make them better. I mean, this is such a cool product. What was what what made this happen? How did you make this happen? Well, I, I gladly tell the story. Um, you know, water guns suck most of the time. <laughs> yes, and they do. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> and and you know, the most astonishing thing is that they they haven't become better in like 30 years so go back to the 90s you had those huge water guns they were great and they haven't Um, been improved it's Um, really odd because normally things improve like you know if you buy a car now it's it's more efficient and everything than you know car 30 years ago and somehow this didn't happen with water guns and so um when i when i started spira uh i wanted to buy a really good water gun because uh you know i just i just wanted to spend some money on the most awesome water gun that there was and there wasn't so i was thinking like this cannot be i mean there must be like a way to spend money on a really good water gun that is you know superior to anything else and there wasn't uh, so i i said to myself well i, I have to go to that i hope you were well 
And, and you know what? I mean, talk about, an, like you said, it, isn't it amazing to me that some technologies, and, and this applies obviously to water guns, but so many other products, so many technologies have remained analog over the years. And there are visionaries like yourself. And yes, you are a visionary because you saw a way to make something that, that has been working the same way for so long, bring it into the tech age where you could have, I mean, you could have a display on the water gun where it was self-filling, where all you had to do was, you know, dip the head of it in and it automatically puts the water. I mean, there's so many different ways you thought of improving it and here we go we have spira original the first you have the spira 2 is about to come out but spira 1 was the original correct right yeah okay so talk about because our audience i mean i could go on about this but i'd rather hear from you talk about the technology about what makes this thing so darn cool what you came up with to actually improve the water gun for the first time in decades well gladly uh, so yeah it's uh, so basically it's it's uh, a water gun on steroids right it's it's full of technology <laughs> but but really i mean uh, you can put technology into anything really right. but the the question is is it does it make sense is it is it a better product then? you know i could like i don't know put a put a display on a on a toaster yeah but but <laughs> is that something that people need and i would say no it's okay if i don't know how many more seconds i have to wait for my toast right so um so i was thinking like what what kind of technology do we need and um first of all people want to shoot really hard water blasts. So when they when they pull the trigger, <laughs> there needs to be a lot of force behind the, the water coming out. And also they want to shoot really far. So these are like the two, I would say, um, main properties that people are looking for. And then of course, you know, the, um, the, the, the refilling process should be really smooth, you know, because it's a pain most of the time. You need to go like under the kitchen sink and you need to uh, unscrew stuff. And this is something that I, I really didn't want. And then, of course, we, we have a display that tells you how many blasts you have left because we don't count water in, in like, amount of water, but in, in individual blasts. So every time you pull the trigger, there's, like, a blast coming out really fast, really precise, and then hitting precisely where you, yeah, where you want it to hit. No, it, it's, it's, it's genius. And you may see, first of all, you may go down as the greatest interview we ever had because just of your opening line, well, water guns suck. And, you know, if ever, and it's true. I mean, I, I've never seen Mark fall off the chair like that that quickly because it, it's absolutely true. And but you also had other challenges because um, you had to heap this then this unlike a, a mobile device, you know, uh, whether it's a tablet or a phone that we have in our pocket every day that we have cases on that, are, you know, if you drop them, they're not meant to be dropped, obviously. But with a water gun, but the nature of how you use it, you're running, you're playing, you're having fun. By its very definition, this has to be a product that's durable. So you have the challenge of taking all this technology and packing it in a package that can be banged around, that can get wet, that can be dropped. Did this present a challenge to you, of course, you know, during the creation of, of the product? Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, more than that, people are like, they expect that they can just, you know, leave it in the garden overnight. You know, it's like, it's like a water gun. You just throw it somewhere and it's okay. And right. then you have to make that okay. As a manufacturer, you have to make sure that these kind of things are okay all of a sudden. But normally they wouldn't be because there's all this technology inside that doesn't want to get wet and that doesn't want to be like, you know, uh, be, that doesn't want to be exposed to like a range of temperature that is, you know, beyond certain thresholds and stuff. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, this was really hard because uh, people will not ex expect that, you know, they have to, you know, bring it home and then, you know, dry it and everything. And yeah, it was difficult. This is the reason why it took some time to make it. What was the reaction from your friends or your parents when you first came to them and said, I, I need to make a better water gun? You know, what was that reaction? Like, I'm sure there were people that said you're just absolutely insane, right? Uh, yeah, I would say the, the reaction was uh, lukewarm at best. 
um, it was really not that great. But uh, I would say there was a gradual change. You know, the more uh, I could actually prove that there would probably be a market for that. And then on Kickstarter, we could show that people wanted this and they were willing to, you know, swipe their credit cards. Uh, so there was a gradual change. But you're probably asking about the very first time I told my friends and family and uh, they weren't they weren't ecstatic, to say the least. <laughs> you know, we raised our child here and he's going to make uh, he's going to grow up and become an excellent water gun manufacturer. But, you know, you mentioned Kickstarter. I mean, your original goal of fifty one thousand euros. You kind of made a little bit more than that. You, you kind of exceeded the expectations, I think. What was the, what was that experience like? Because you put a campaign like that on online. And of course, I'm sure as much as validation as you had from people around you, you're now putting it out in the public and you have no idea what to expect. What was your reaction when you realized this is not only going to meet the goal, but completely blow it away? Right. So when you go on Kickstarter, um, it's like you're having your pants down, right? I mean, it's, it's not going to go away. It's on the internet forever. And, you know, it's like, me talking about that I need a better water gun and it could have failed miserably, right? And then it, it would have been me on the internet forever talking about this water gun that nobody wants, right? That, that's like the situation. And then, uh, of course, that's like huge pressure. But at the same time, when it does work, it's like insane because you see a pop up all these, you know, on a map, you see all these people actually wanting this stuff that, that you envisioned. And so it's like, um, I think I was sitting there for, for several hours just, just watching this thing, you know, like you know people buying and all these messages popping up and stuff it's it's great because it tells you that you're on the right track you know so, at least you're not crazy you know or, or there are more people like you crazy as you but that's right. there, there, there you go that's okay though that's okay at least that's, you're not alone yeah that's that's an equal equal opportunity crazy now so it goes from obviously that you know you're watching this map going oh my god this is this is great so at what point does the panic set in that you now have to create these <laughs> Uh, I would say immediately because oh, you also realize that now you have several thousand people uh, who are waiting for, for their product and they will like, you know, unleash an insane shitstorm if you don't, you know, if you don't ever produce this. So it's like um, the pressure is on. Yeah. Like almost immediately because it's like, you know, it's like, oh, so many people want this. Oh, shit. Now so many people want this. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And what I mean, there must have been challenges along the way because we've had uh, different companies come on, successful Kickstarters like yourself that talk about the challenges of, okay, the concept, the product concept was one thing. As you went into completing the design, completing the actual manufacturing process, assembly, did you find challenges along the way that you thought, huh, I didn't anticipate this. We couldn't have thought of this until we went to mass production. Were there any challenges along the way that you had to make adjustments to during either, you know, from concept to full manufacturing to delivery? Um, yeah, I think there, there are several challenges. Uh, and one that is most impressive is probably uh, the difference between your prototype and mass production. So your prototype works and you have said you know you've bought these different parts from ebay and you put them together and you say look this works and now we just need to replicate and of course this is not the way it works and so you you go to um to china you know you travel there and you you find partners reliable good partners and um they really tell you a different story how, how everything unfolds you know how, how to build an assembly line of like 30 workers and how to put it all together and and what you need to do and uh, it's it's a huge difference, you know. You have this one prototype, you put it on the table, you say, "This is what I want to do," 
and they say, okay, look, this, these are parts, we don't even, we, this is not how it works. You know, we need to, you know, prepare this for mass production. And that's a huge difference. So, um, yeah. No, and you know what, you know what, Sebastian, I think the one of the one of the many positives that come out of Kickstarter is with that, with the involvement of the people that are pledging the money and the constant updates that creators give to their their the people that pledge for their products. The nice thing is people learn they, they, they get a quick lesson on how things are done in the manufacturing process and why things cost what they do, what goes into actually creating a prototype. You know, the, the not just the work, but the finances that go into cre- that creating that first prototype and then the challenges of getting either the proper machines or proper tools to build the mass production models that you see come to market, what goes into marketing, advertising. I mean, there are so many different levels that the average consumer didn't even know exist. They were like, I want my stuff now and why well, should I have my stuff now? that you know that's sort of entitled i want my thing i paid for it but it's a different process with kickstarter because you communicate the entire process along with the people that pledge for these things and i think it's an education that consumers need to know what you guys actually go through to bring something to market right yeah i completely agree and i think um the kickstarter crowd is also the the, the kind of people that really want to get involved you know they want to know about all this stuff this is why they do it you know it's, it's not very it's not a good deal in a sense you know because it's like you hope that sometimes, you know, sometime in the future stuff is being built that is now being advertised. So they, they want to get involved with every, you know, delay and everything. And why did this happen? And what happened there? You know, and why is on this picture? Why is there you in, a, you know, Chinese taxi? And what are you doing? You know, so this stuff is really important. And, um, and I'm very grateful for that because, like, without this opportunity, without Kickstarter, um, I, I would not have been able to pitch this in front of, you know, a toy company. They would not have, you know, probably not approved. Well, if I owned the toy company, it would have been approved instantly. So I, I'm just letting you know. I, I approved the second that I saw it. You had me at uh, electric water gun. So the Spire One comes out. Uh, it does these, this incredible stuff. Like you said, it shoots these amazing water bullets. It shoots with power and distance. It has that display. It lets people know uh, the charge, battery level. I mean, you know, the water level, battery level, uh, all this great stuff. It automatically, you, you submerge the head of this into the water. It'll suck the water. It's genius. Then you guys say, hey, we have Spira 2 coming. So I guess the question is, how do you take what was already so amazing and make it even better? Well, I mean, once you set up a team to, to build the Spira 1, right, you have, uh, you have several engineers and they're like uh, completely mad because they, they joined you in the first place. You know, like they, they didn't go for, you know, a nice career somewhere in, you know, the automotive industry, but they, they joined you. So all of a sudden you have these people and you're like, we are a great team. And they said, okay, what do we do next? You know, Spire One is shipping. What are we doing now? And um, there, there wasn't like, there wasn't any choice. With, you know, but they were like, okay, so now we are gonna make this better, right? And I was like, yeah, I guess this is, you know, next thing we do. <laughs> but it, it wasn't like, you know, somehow this, this needs to, you know, we need to improve. Of course, this was just the beginning, uh, I think. and. Uh, I think people agree. And so, of course, we, we went to, you know, drawing board and uh, we're starting on the next model right away. Well, I, I mean, Mark and I are, this is this is one of those things where we're usually so shy about saying, oh, we can't wait to get, well, we cannot wait to get these in hand. And this is one of those times where Mark and I are in two, two separate parts of the, of the continent. And this is going to be tough because this is something, Mark, that we should be playing with together. I'll have to fly there. I mean, screw COVID. <laughs> the heck with the heck with the worldwide pandemic. Yeah, uh, whatever. 
So just so our just so everyone that's listening knows, uh, Spira.com, the best way for them to to buy now to pre-order. What is the best way for them to get the now? Are you still selling Spira one or right now you're just going to wait for inventory to run out and you're going right to Spira two? In some parts of the world, we still have very few Spire 1 left, but we're right. going to discontinue it, obviously, because we want to only sell the best water gun, and now right. the best water gun in the world is the Spire 2. Um, and you can pre-order, and we are shipping in the, in June, end of June, start of July. Oh, my God. I, I can't wait. And by the way, for everyone listening, go to Spire.com. Not only do you learn more about the product, but the nice thing is you learn more about the team. Uh, I, I love the website. It was very interactive. Obviously, you could see movies of the product in action, which is exciting, of course, when you want to see this water gun in action. But you talk about the entire team, their contributions, what they do. And just by reading the descriptions that you put for everyone on the team, I mean, talk about, you know, they, they, the big cliche of, you know, if you're doing something you love, you never work a day in your life. It looks like you guys over there are having so much fun doing what you do. You are, right? Because just from the website, I can tell you guys love what you do. Yeah, I, uh, I, I love to come to work every every morning, I have to say. What's, uh, what's in store for Spyro 3? <laughs> he hasn't even shipped Spyro 2! <laughs> Well, I, uh, this is this of course secret and everything, and I cannot really say anything about this. But and, are you, you are know, you working on it? I'm guessing. I'm hoping you're working on it. Well, I, if I say anything now, I'm gonna get punched. You know, it doesn't help that I'm the CEO. People like engineers, they will punch me in the face. Uh, so yeah, I'm not that. gonna disclose anything. I'm just saying that we work on something new, and it's it's different. It's it's something new, and it's super cool, and it's it, it's slightly different, but it will you know be like. Yeah, and this is all I can say. Sorry. Well, saying. that's you know what that's that's no, no. En- that's tease, en- tease enough for us, and it gives uh, us a reason to have you back on the show uh, when you have that announcement ready to go. I'd love to. <laughs> Sebastian, thank you so much for joining us again, guys. It's Spyra.com, S-P-Y-R-A dot com. Head on over and get yourself a get yourself that Spyra two pre-order. Get right, two of them get because of them. you're going to want to fight with a friend. You can't just have one. You have to buy these things in pairs. I'm telling you that right now. I don't want to be on the receiving end of an attack. I just want to be the attacker. Well, you gotta you gotta give somebody a chance, Mark. You can't be selfish with your water gun. Have what? you met my kids? All right, let's take it a break, will you? <laughs> it is your tech report. We'll be back after this. There's more your tech report after this. Do, did, will the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.